What's up, my guy? How's it going? Good. I was just sitting here. Sorry if you're waiting on me. I was just refreshing my page. Just like... No, it's all good. I, I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. I just got invited to an exclusive thing. So I was pushing the buttons and activating the thing, you know? Yeah, that's cool. That's rad, man. Right on. What's going on? Nothing, man. I was just looking up uh, to Robinson Cano. Just got released. Well, why don't you just start the show? And then I right, why don't you hey, why don't you start the show? What's up everybody? Welcome to Let's Win a Ball Game. John Sintez, Alex Rojas. John's coming to you from San Diego. I'm coming to you from Livermore, California. Uh, we are here to talk not just about the state of like the news in baseball, but also certain strategies, maybe how people play the game. I got some stuff that I want to talk about today that John has posted. Uh, about strategery, talking about throwing the hitters in a certain way because you know how they're going to react and seeing how they react and understanding you know what they're going to do, right? But before we get into that, Robinson Cano got released by the Mets, right? And I was just looking up his stats. I was like, now, I remember at a young age, he had like 400 doubles before he even went to the Mariners. He was hot. Like he had a really good potential for um, maybe hitting like 800 doubles, which would have been the all-time record. Some dude named Tris Speaker from like the 1800s holds that, by the way. Um, but anyways, it got me thinking about how we judge baseball players, right? Because there are a lot of guys that you don't hear about that I know my dad has talked about, right? Where I'm like, dad, who's this guy? And he'd be like, oh, Dave Parker? He's like, Dave Parker is the first guy to sign for a million dollars. He's not in the Hall of Fame, though, right? So, like, sometimes I feel like we judge guys on how good they were for so long instead of measuring, like, what kind of peaks they got to sometimes, right? Like, you're the first guy to sign for a million dollars in the – like sign a contract where it says you're getting a million dollars every year to play baseball. I mean, that's pretty big news, whether you're the best in the league or not. You know what I'm saying? But those are guys where there's history around. Maybe he has a bad last couple of years. Like Robinson Cano, his batting average is at 301 in his career. I'm sure if that was four or five years ago, it was like 315. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. he's, he's coming down. Because guys, and when I'm talking about this, guys at a younger age, when they're looking up to these professional guys, like, yeah. you also have to look at, like, it's a hard game. You're going to go up. You're going to go down. If you really want to know how good a guy was, look at the peak. Look at that highest peak. Drop off. Like, guys drop off. Some guys don't. doesn't make sense. Like, Pete Rose doesn't make sense. Right? Or, um... Our Bulls is pretty young right now, but 42, 48 years old, however old he is, he's just crushing it, right? But what I'm talking <laughs> about is if you were a good baseball player, you had some pretty high peaks, right? And to measure your yeah. ability over a long course of time, or I could look at, like, how good were you at, at the best of your shit, right? right. That, that was John Sintes. Personified. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you reached your pinnacle. Right. Yeah, and I think when I got to the highest level and these strategies and things that I'd been thinking about for a while and I implemented them and they worked, it was just like, 
okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't really get a chance at the highest level, but I think the level that I made it to, I've played against so many guys that were there. No, not currently, which means they're maybe not the same version of what they were, but they still were there. Right. So when you strike out a big leaguer, you're like, oh, okay. I guess I guess I can play this game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a um, funny thing you said right there, too, uh, made me think about Taylor uh, – brought up when we were just in Chicago uh, uh, for the convention and we went all, you know, we went an hour north via Uber for Live ABs, right? And we met a freaking six foot ten Tommy John rehabbing DJ Snelton, formerly of the Tampa Bay Rays. And he put on Live ABs and uh, there was some kid that was in double A, I don't remember what his organization was, but Taylor and Eric both texted me like, hey, remember that guy you put on his knee on the back foot slider? The big slurve you threw? They're like, I was like, yeah. And they were like, just got called up to the big leagues. And I was like, oh, cool. Sweet. Good for him. Hope I helped. Yeah. Hope that down and in slider is no longer a surprise. Yeah. And how I got there on you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly, for sure. That happens. And looked, and like, here was another thing that I wanted to talk about. And you're a great guy to talk about this. Going off of that, right? So that video was fun. If you haven't seen that video that John posted on his uh, his Instagram personally, uh, I'm not sure how far down it is, but look for a sweaty, goateed, gray-shirted Johnson. To- <laughs> that's hey, that's like that video is like three years ago too. We were all joking about it. It's quality though, like it's yeah. good stuff. And I found hey, I I found more. I found some. I did it again in one of our live abs, and uh, since I am sequestered. Um, I am going through all the content trying to find it, so I'm excited because I got, I'm going to be getting into some more of that. If you haven't seen it, now I don't know it off the top of my head. I know John may because he was there, he's watched it, right? But for the most part, I'm going to set John up here so he can take over. But he did what he knew was going to happen. Like, and what I mean that, like, he knew the sequence that he wanted to do. All he had to do was throw the pitch because he knew how this guy was going to react if this was the case. And it just so happened to be the case with every single pitch. This guy <laughs> was thinking the same thing that John was, right? But not in a good way. Like, it's, it's just like the idea of, like, you think a magician's so good, but remember, from the second you walked into the theater to the time you left, he had everything set up. Yeah. Everything's been set up, right? So... Take it away. Talk to you. You're a magician. Let's talk. I'm a magician. So you want me to? You want me to repeat the the video? Like what happened? No, no, no. You don't have to do that. But just talk about like how did you like oh. first start the at bat? Right? What did okay. you? Okay. Well, I've always uh, when I was playing when I was playing the Pecos League you get a little different version of the game because you're playing on smaller fields, which means less foul territory. Yeah. You, can hear, you can hear the other team in the dugout complaining about what you are doing, you know? So I played at uh, Fort Marcy Park, which was the Santa Fe Fuego, and it is a 13U field, which really taught me that, one, this is the hardest version. So it's 6,300 elevation on yeah. a 13U field, and it's also yeah. weirdly shaped. Right field is 275 with a 15-foot fence 
that has holes in it. And if it goes through the hole, still a home run. Not quite sure how that's possible, but those are the rules. And then center field is somewhere around like 385. So it's like a straight, weird shot. And then the weird part is, is the wind blows in from left. And then it's like 330 to left field, right? And then there's a firehouse. So first of all, the wind blows into left. 330, 385, so the left center gap is probably 375. It's a poke, no matter what. It's a poke. And then, like, in, there's always a 15-mile-an-hour wind. We had guys that I played with go, like, on top of this firehouse, and we were all going, like, uh, that's, like, I think that's 1,000 feet. I don't, even know. <laughs> I don't even think that. Does that count? That can't yeah. count. Like, And don't get me wrong. Like, the guy was throwing 95. This kid loves velo. He's on time. That That stuff happens. We see that all the time. Like, oh, sweet, you're going to throw as hard as you can straight? Cool, he's ready, you know? So, like, that started the game where I could pay attention. And I always heard guys complain about cutter. I'd be like, oh, he throws another but cutters. And I'd be like, sometimes I'd be like, okay, if I could hear them complaining about the cutter, maybe that's when I change to fastball or slider or curveball first pitch, right? And then I would just save the cutter. But, there, I mean, throughout my whole career, even in Mexico, cutter, cutter, cutter. And, yeah, I mean – don't get me wrong. I, I throw the cutter. I throw it a lot. Right. But it's literally because most kids are taught not to swing at spin first pitch from like 10 years old. So like it's ingrained and it's a free, easy, cheap strike one. You see it even in college, like guys are throwing, get me over curveballs or sliders to start the game now. Right. And nobody's swinging at it. Right. Like Tennessee lost to um, Tennessee tech. And I called it. I was like, literally, he's going to pitch backwards and not throw his fastball until he absolutely has to. And this kid went out there and went slider, 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 change up, change up, heater, and just, like, did it to everybody and beat all of them. You know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it, when you know the offensive strategy, I mean, Scherzer's doing it too recently. I mean, thinking about games that I've just watched recently and, and you know, they, what is it? ESPN came out with a stat. This is the least amount of fastball that's been thrown in a long time. Love right? And, and then we also have the least amount of home runs, and they're complaining about it. Like, Love it. Like, I think, the, I think the ball is definitely deadened, right? But, like, come on. Like, we went over the list. You and I went over the list. Let's get the numbers back to where they were. Yeah. Whatever ball that – what was that ball? Uh, yeah. That ball, well, first of all, here's the thing that we're going to – if we're going to make the ball hot, we got to have better grip on the ball, okay? Right. So if we're going to make the ball hot, we got to have sticky stuff, right? No, just, hey, make the seams higher. Make whatever the – That's the move, though. That's all you got to do. Just put the seams back where they were. You put the seams over here and we can hold it. That's literally what it's for. You don't need sticky. Just put the seams up again. Where are Major League Baseballs manufactured? Mexico. Okay. So Costa Rica popped up on my Google machine. Um, Rawlings manufactured on a rolling basis. So they're never stopping. They're just pumping these, these <laughs> suckers out. Yeah. Um, they're never stopping. That's what it says. It's <laughs> on a rolling basis. That's hilarious. Um, but for the most part, so – I'm a big believer in, like, let them use sticky stuff or have a, um, a tested and agreed upon from all 32 teams that everyone's like, okay, this is what's going to keep everybody safe, right? But also, 
these balls are hot, so hitters don't complain because if you touch it, it's going to go, right? So, yeah, they may be a little nastier, but all you got to do is touch it, right? I feel like that's an even trade. I can take that. I feel like that's yeah. kind of there. 100%. What's, what's wrong with anything with that? You know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with pitchers having grip so we can get this? Like, I, there's this weird purist thing that's still involved in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. Because, like, when we watch Blitzball, everybody's like, Whoa! Oh, my God! Physics! You know? Dude, that, but, like, that, those things really make, like, a really good case for, like, why you need to learn how to spin the ball. Because all those guys do is spin the ball. Continue. Right. Right. So as soon as that starts happening in baseball, all of a sudden we're, we're worried that home runs aren't going to happen. But look what's happening. Like, spin rate fastballs are now being hit. People figure, okay, uh, Garrett's, Garrett's going to do the same thing. He's going to throw it up here the whole time, right? So we're going to take our fungo out. We're going to hit it. There's your cheat code if everybody wants to learn how to hit high fastball. Just swing like you have a fungo at it. Just, like, be above it. Yak. She'll go. She will go. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean – there's nothing wrong with the game. I don't know why we're tinkering with. I mean, the only actually the only thing that's really wrong with the game is the fact that we let guys like completely go out of the box on foul balls. Like that's annoying. Did you see that guy get rung up standing in the box the other day? Yeah, but for sure, dude. Like, you you see what he said? Like he said something. Uh, yeah, I always look. I, I always look for the things like the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, if you're stepping out of the box and you're doing the whole thing, like, let me watch the video of the thing and see if the umpire's, like, playing with the discretion. Because I'll be the first one, if we're playing a real baseball game, if he steps outside the box, I will be the first one in the first inning. And I will tell the umpire before the game starts. And I will win him over and say, hey, man, I don't want to be here for four and a half hours. Could you help both of us out and keep him in the box as much as possible? Because I'm going to try to go as fast as possible, okay? Yeah. So thank you. I appreciate it. Let's get you paid quickly. That is my opening conversation with umpires coaching or playing. Yeah. It works every time. Nobody wants to be there for God knows how long you're already right. there. Right. You know. Keep them in the box. Let's go. I don't understand. Yeah. The only the only thing that I think you have to give maybe a hitter the credit right now because I feel like they're giving them all the time that they can. And I think hitters are just going to keep taking advantage of it. And I don't think that it's like the hitter's fault. I don't think anybody's really enforcing it. And now hitters right. are all pissed. Right. But it's just been like a thing, right? It's well, and, thing. and they're doing it all wrong, too. Like, you don't need to punish the guys by giving a strike. Like, maybe just put a fucking memo out before the season starts and go, hey, we would like for you guys to stay in the box yeah. the whole time. Like, just yeah. tell them. Just tell them. If you get out of the box – Right, we're gonna give you a warning. Yeah, I know you gotta un- you gotta adjust your gloves, but we can't adjust your gloves every pitch. We can't. Yeah. So it's game down. You gotta yeah. be ready to go. Yeah, it's it's like this. It, it's like the first time I heard about the uh, American Revolution, right? And I'm like, they're just standing in front of each other shooting, like one at a time, for honor. Yeah, one at a time. Fine. Like horizontally in a very large line. Yeah. 
You're just, you're just standing there. They didn't do you're that. Just, they got in trees. You're just standing there. You're just going to stand there? God. <laughs> God. I immediately go like Mel Gibson, the Patriot. Yeah. I've never seen the Patriot. I've seen the Oh, oh it's good. It's good. Just like, it. of course. You're just yeah. going to stand there. I'll run over here. Get on this tree. Shoot you. You're dead. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Ah. So here comes my next thing that I want to talk about. Because this actually goes straight with that. Right? The rules of the game do not say that I have to throw you a fastball every single time. Uh -huh. The rules of the game also don't say you have as much time as you want to stand outside of the box, right? There is no rule that says a batter is allowed to adjust their gloves every single time. It doesn't say that they can't, right? But it's like we're giving them this wiggle room, right? And whether everything has, like, all these unwritten things in baseball, right? Because baseball does have a lot of unwritten shit, which maybe we should write some of this shit down because it's getting confusing, okay? So if we can have – what? I was – you were making me giggle. Well, four more <laughs> – no, I was going to say four more rules in place, right? Like, allow sticky stuff, right? Yeah. The, the actual sticky stuff. Yeah. Um, I hate the DH so much. Um, I really just I, – I'm not a baseball purist. I think I just feel like what's the point of having nine guys? Just put ten guys in there. Let the pitcher hit anyway. Just make it right. be ten. <laughs> just give you an extra hit. Right. right? Um, that's not a rule that I want. But sticky stuff, the foot in the box – and here's another thing that I've been thinking about for a lot of the youth guys, right? So if you're a parent and you're watching this, right? I really just – and this doesn't have to be a major league rule. This is just like a baseball rule. I think MLB should just officially come out and say, hey, everybody, we just want you to use wood bats. Just make it all easier on us if we can figure out who was really good. And the main thing is, like, there are kids that generally sometimes don't know what bat they can and can't use. There's parents that don't like you got USA bats, U trip bats, you've got Little League bats. I don't know the difference, right? I just tell kids to buy a wood bat when you come train. That's the main thing I tell them. I don't know the difference. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't I'm a hitting instructor. I'm a hitting instructor and there's too many fucking rules on minus this and that and this yeah. size. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, dude, like this is what I was thinking watching the sandlot. Those kids for a whole summer used one wood bat. Now yeah. that is dope. Yeah. A whole a whole team of nine kids using one wood bat, right? Like that. Let's talk about hitting for a second. Good barrel control, the ability to, you know, not break a wood bat, right? We've been running the pitching machine lately, dude. We had a kid break his meta the other day. Like two days ago, his meta cracked like an egg. Yeah. Hilarious, right? Hilarious. But he tried to hit with it like a wood bat. You have to rotate those things, right? Instead of, like, the whole idea of, like, the axe bat. Here's a plug for axe bat. Like, those things are lasting forever, right? We talked about that, but I can't read that. I'm too far away from my camera. Yeah, here, here, check out this comment. He goes, you know what? I can change that. He said, you want to see the worst baseball ever? Double A 13U baseball with wood bat. Yowzas. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, now yeah, let's sure. just go like that exists. Yes, it does. 
it is a big time learning curve for when that is the focus of of the tournament right but i would i would say like why not do live at bats for six months before you even get to the tournament with wood bats and like why why not do that why why does the tournament have to be the answer to get better what was the competition? like you should be facing your boys all the time but he gave an age what age did he say he said double a what 13 you okay like i'm gonna go ahead and just stay right now okay when i was 13 i'm just gonna use me an example because i have tons of kids i'm also used as an example right there are kids that are hitting the ball 80 miles an hour at 13 years old that also swing a metal bat right right so is it more about the quality of the kid or is it about the quality of the bat because i I still hate how many kids that I see when I'm even front tossing that they stop their swing because the metal bat has that trampoline effect, and I right. know you wouldn't be able to do that with a wood bat. And mm -hmm. if you learn that at eight years old, by the time you're 13, it wouldn't matter because you figured it out at eight years old, and you just went, oh, shit, I can't do that. Now you have five years to work on it. But, yeah, if you've never swung a wood bat in your life and then I hand it to you and you're going to a tournament, you're probably not going to be very good, right? But the kids that I work with, every single week, at least 30 or 40 swings are swinging a wood bat, right? right? And then you're going to multiply that by how many times they're going to come see me and if they stay here for five years, like, shoot. By the time they're 13, they're going to be hitting the ball 300 feet. Because they understand how to stay through the baseball. Maybe I'm being facetious and a little confident, but I think that's the truth of hitting with wood bats. Like Dominicans, we say it all the time. Dominicans, Puerto Rican, Costa Ricans, like when they're in those leagues, those academies, they're not swinging metal bats. They're swinging wood and they're playing baseball, right? So they're doing that from a young age. And, I, and that's, I think, the truth. Yeah, for sure. And he even br brings up a point of, yeah, and, like, once again, this, this like, better preparation handles it, right? You give you have a kid yeah. who's wrist-flicking a toothpick of a drop 10 or a drop 12, and then you put a wood bat in the three, and it's, like, bam, bam on the ground just hanging down, right? Well, you didn't give the kid enough time, so, of course, he's going to freak out. You know what I mean? Like, he, it's just yeah. – there's just the way we prepare these kids. It's just, just incredibly frustrating. And it's like some kids don't even stand a chance. Some kids are going to go all the way to the high school point And then, like, wait, you started doing this when? And that's what I, you know, when I went to when I went to the Mexican academies, that's what I saw. You have a 12-year-old touching 90, but he just started training with you at 5, and he's 5'11". What? That's what happens. Oh, he just never got hurt and just trained perfectly up until this point? Yeah. That's what happens. It's crazy. Oh, How was he a phenom? He was still a kid and played basketball and football and, like, he did these other family activities because he only trained maybe twice a week, but then in season, he still trained, like, twice a week. You build yeah. that up over a course of time. Yeah, I'm confused. Like, <laughs> I think, like, so this is one of the things that's like a heartbreaking thing. Like the kids that I've seen kind of come in at 13 and 14 and then they come in and I know high school you're going to, 
I know what high school these guys are going to that have been here every day for the past like three years working on something. Yep. And you know, that kid ends up not making the team. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to make the team, but I'm saying like he already knows like what we're telling them. And it feels like the parents aren't, and this is everyone else has to do their own shit, right? You got to deal with your own house, right? But you want to set your kid up for success. Don't make it sporadic. Like, Make them commit like a baseball season. I understand right. like it's a it's a training it's a training facility. It's three sixty five, dude. You and I train guys all the time, right? Like we don't have an off season, right? But right. if you're not committed to that process, you just have to remember that there are other kids that are, right? And you have to help your kid. You don't have to have them come train every single day of every week, but like shoot. I haven't seen you in two months, and now you're like, yeah, I'm trying to get ready for summer ball. What you been doing? Like, like, like he's like, I don't know. Okay, well, let's look at your swing. I don't know anything that you've been doing the last two months. I haven't seen you in forever. I kind of remember your swing, yeah. right? Like, what was your max velocity? What's your max distance? You know your average velocity? Like, like all this other stuff. You don't know some of those metrics, at least at our facility, because you have access to them every single day, mm-hmm. right? Every single day. So uh, I heard this that the Warriors have like a hit tracks for their jump shot. Like yeah, it tells them to spin out of their hand, the arc of the ball, yeah. right? And like how it went into the hoop. And just that's valuable information to have. And totally. that's one of the reasons why I like working with kids at our facility. But anyways, I know you have stuff to talk about development because you have kids that you've rolled with for many years. You know what I yeah, mean? it's it's fun. We've gotten to the point where a lot of our kids that start over the seven or eight are eleven, twelve, and thirteen, and uh, they're they're really starting to go forward. Um, and then we also have kids that we picked up that are really good athletes that kind of knew what they were doing, but taught them a little better strategy, and you know they're going off as well. Um, two kids that I can think of: one kid just committed to a big time D one at Long Beach State that. We just threw, I threw advanced VP to him and showed him, like, look, you can't swing at fastballs the way you do sliders. So you're, you, you look like you are going to see sliders. That's what you're going to see. You don't look like someone that's going to challenge you the fastball in this level. You're too enormous. You're scary, right? Yeah. You, you, you have muscles. You're big. Your swing is huge, right? The yeah. jawline, you know, you'll steal, you'll steal his girlfriend, man. You know? So, uh, he finally figured it out and just like started, all right, I guess I got to figure out how to hit these spinners, you know? And I said, unfortunately they will not respect you again and throw heaters again uh, when you get to college. So then you can enjoy all those fastballs that are coming. But um, until you get there, this is what's going to happen. They're going to throw nothing but this because everybody around here knows you and they think that you can't hit it. So then once you show you can hit it, then you'll start throwing fastballs again because now, well, what the hell do I throw? Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's rough. It's a rough situation for, you know, for, for kids. It's, it's hard out there. You know, coaches, everybody's got their own opinions on what they think they should be doing and how they should be getting guys out. But, like, who knows if that's right. So, you know, it's just always just a very 
torn situation for kids. And like, I always try to tell them like, look, you are going to be the one that lives with this. Your coach is going to forget your name in two years and completely forget what the situation was. And that isn't necessarily a family or a team like they break it down to be every time because you move on and you're a cog in the machine. So if you want to do this whole family thing and whatever, like you would know everything about it, but that's just not what happens. New guy, next guy go up. You know, that's the game that is happening. So how do you get kids to understand that? Well, you that's why everybody keeps saying it's not a, a team sport. You, you literally have to be selfish to the point, but yet play the game in front of the coach so he thinks that you're doing it for the team. But when is the double, when is the double not for the team? Those are the things that are questions that I ask that we try to get to kids where it's like, well, your coach says throw strikes. Kind of. Why don't you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, it's, it's frustrating sometimes to see, and I see some of our guys are in here right now and they know what I'm talking about. Cause we, we show the stuff on TV. We show what the big leaguers are doing when they do live at bats. I'm like, this is your opportunity to work on first pitch cutters. Your coach will not let you do it. That's fine. Let's throw whatever we want to throw because it's your game. It's not anybody else's game. And as soon as you can, you know, relax and understand the process of what, what that freedom is giving you, then it's a lot easier to go out and, and like do your best without like worrying about judgment or, you know, anything else. Like that's, you see, I see a lot of kids that get in their head about that stuff and you try to explain to them like, well, they're not playing the game. I hate to be the guy to tell you. But this is not the way you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. I, I had a conversation with that with uh, a friend of mine who actually played on the Santa Fe Fuego. He was a player manager. Um, not with you. <laughs> Pete Rose? It was a Pete Rose. It was Pete Rose in it. It was Pete Rose in it. Uh, what's and his I name? His one name? Point, Hold on. I might know this guy. What's his name? Yale Hughes. Oh, no. The guy that was you player manager against us was an Ernie. And he tried to, like, trade for me while, before the game I was pitching. I looked at him. I went, is this happening? He goes, would you pitch for us? I go, what are you asking me? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, would you pitch for us? And I'm like, um, if you're asking if you're going to trade for me and if I would, like, be okay with coming to your team and getting away from the smallest ballpark and, and – the highest elevation in all of the Pecos League, yeah, yeah, I do that. Yeah, I would do that. I'm a I'm a hired gun. I'm not. I'm, I am loyal to the person that is I paying me. That out of Trevor Bauer. I love that vibe that Trevor Bauer had about that. I felt like he was like that. Just like I'm. I'm here to just throw gas. A couple of years, so go somewhere else, do it again. Go to this place, throw gas. A couple of years. I mean, that's what it, nobody talks shit about Scherzer, but Scherzer's been doing that shit for a while. Love Max Scherzer. Love him. He just run around going like, sure, I'll play, I'll play a season for $25 million. Three years ago, I was getting paid three. Hey, how about Tom Brady? He's just going to talk for $37 million. We'll see how that goes. We'll see. That I way. love that. What a negotiator. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, pumped, I'm pumped about it. Like, we're already getting ahead. Like, What's up? Thank you. Sorry. Room service. Oh, you're fine. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> Um, so one last thing, 
because I got to get rolling here. I got a sink issue that I got to deal with before I go to work. Life. Life. Yeah, you know. Um, where are you at in terms of your online content? I'm going to plug you a little bit because okay. you've got this really good mic'd up session, right? This dope mic'd up session where you're working with guys. And I know you're working on working with guys remotely, right? In a more like, like personalized setting. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. Yeah. talking to the guys, right? So yep. how's that going? Well, we just got it. I just got it so people could sign up. So I haven't even made the marketing for it. But it, this is a good opportunity to talk about it. So yeah. we talked about, you know, guys need guidance, they need reassurance. And, I, you know, with the Internet, you know, and we have the staff that we do, I think we're going to try to start doing um, a little bit more, like, individual sessions where guys um, probably, you know, fill out some information, maybe send us some videos or two, we check them out, and then we do a live, you know, training session, 30 minutes, um, where you can either throw a pen or play catch in the backyard, you know, or if you want to talk grips, like whatever you want to do in like a 30-minute little session that we can get better at. Because I think that people just, like you said, people just want to talk to other people and other experts. So, you know, we have a video series that we are selling um, we have a, I'd say we'd have 85% of it's already on YouTube. So, or on our website, so you can go watch any of that stuff. But the secret sauce is the things that we are holding. We have like three or four videos that we want to, uh, that are like, okay, well, if you want to do this remote training thing, this is what's going to come with it. You're going to get these little secret sauce things and then we'll go from there. I like it. Now, where are I should say, where are you going to be posting that so people can go, like, is it going to be, like, a YouTube file and you just have, like, a YouTube account and it's just, like, all these videos? Yeah, we'll have to be something like, I have be, my computer. Right, it'll be Patreon. It'll probably be Patreon or um, maybe YouTube subscription. Not gonna, not sure. So we're trying to, uh, that that part, I know that I can control it where, like, there's a couple different ways that I could do it, but I think we're just know we have videos that you will be able to watch that will be exclusive to, you know, the Cutter Nation experience as well as when you send us videos, we can talk about these things because we want you guys to look at certain things a little differently. And when you can start looking at things a little differently and inside of movement, then you can make a lot more changes. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah, dude. What about you? Dude, we are, I'm doing a lot of in-person stuff this summer. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of in-person stuff this summer. So TPC, we're doing some speed and agility. We're doing two five-week groups. Um, we haven't put out the official stuff yet, but that'll be coming out soon. Uh, speed and agility in terms of the first three steps, because if you can execute those first three steps, we're going to run a lot more than just three steps. But right. those first three steps in baseball are pretty much what you need to have. And if you want to run 90 feet, three steps is about, you know, 15 feet, <laughs> right? So right. you're not going to take that many steps going first to second or second to home. Right. Uh, you got to be able to explode. So we're working on some explosive stuff. Got another junior power hitting group coming out. Um we got some potential for some softball stuff in the works, right? We're just uh, – we're trying to build a lot of 
a lot of clientele right now. This is kind of where we're at. And we're, we're, we're getting a lot of guys in. Um, we've got a bunch of guys going to Arizona and Georgia to those big tournaments that you were talking about. Um, so that's going to be fun to see how those guys do out there. Maybe they'll be playing your dudes. And um, maybe just see how things go. I would love yeah, you for know, our guys. You know we'll be doing live at bats, though. You know that. Well, we, you know we'll be getting these kids ready. We'll be, I'll be sneaking over there, hitting up my boy Zinger. We had well, a, we're doing velo training every day. Guys are moving. Like, I've had – this is so fun. This is a fun story. I, I've had to share this with you. So we set up a plate. We're going to set up a three-plate system, right? So yeah. we got it at 50 feet, and then we're going to move our plate up to 46, and then we'll have a third one. Dude, we're getting like yeah. uh, we're getting nine, ten, and eleven year olds on their max speed taking steps up anyway. Yeah. Like on their training speed, they're still trying to make it harder. So it's fun. We're we're working on a lot of that stuff. So um, I'm excited to see what these guys are gonna do. Yeah, it's fun, right? Like really it's preparing super- them for the right thing. You know what I mean? Well, the velo, I think, is what a lot of these kids just need to figure out right now. It's just like, oh, that's how fast somebody can throw at my age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the truth, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I can't. Like, I had to tell a kid the other day, like, unfortunately, like, he is probably one of the fastest kids in our facility, if not the fastest, and he's not even 14. He probably runs a 6-6-60. I mean, the kid is – dude, he's so explosive. When he scoots across the room, there are even kids going, whoa. I have heard the kids say that, right? Like, it's pretty funny, right? And I, and I mean that sincerely. He's, I've worked with some explosive athletes, and, dude, he covers ground. But yeah. I just told him, I was like, Hey, man, the way you're swinging right now, because he just – he's having a day, and I, I – you know, I talk to kids. I give them a chance, see what's going on, right? But if we're just, like, just not checking in and you're just not trying, I was just like, hey, you're going to high school next year, right? I was like, I know T-work is boring, but if I was your high school coach watching you swing, it wouldn't matter if I knew you were fast. You probably wouldn't play. Mm-hmm. And I just had to be a little bit direct with him because we were doing velo training that day. And if you're taking shit swings off the tee and you're just not checked in, you're going to get blown up by that machine. <laughs> I don't want you to get blown up. Like, that's not fun. Like, you get blown up on your hands. Now you can't feel your wrists and your fingers yeah, for, like, for sure. six hours. You're like, dude, coach hurt me. No, dude, I told you. Like... <laughs> No, I, I, I told you this. This is something I, I gave you. you a warning, Yeah. right? It's like when you see a sign that says, like, watch out for coyotes. And then you saw a coyote. You're like, I don't know what to do. It's like. I, this is what I said. This, I told you there's a sign. It's weird. 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 Love that. Oh, by the way, um, that cup keeps things very cold, mm. even very warm. Yes. Yeah. It's a duel. It's a duel. Great cup. Well, hey, can you close this out because i got to fix this sink so I can cook a little bit. Hey, thanks for uh, watching, guys. Don't forget to go subscribe. Uh, we, uh, this stuff's on YouTube. We are on, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Um, right. We've got all kinds of fun stuff coming. I mean, uh, hopefully this guy and I do a clinic here sooner or later. We also have much, much bigger plans for in the future, but definitely do some stuff. So 
if you want, if you're up in the area, ready to go hit, go see my boy Alex. If you're down in San Diego with us, come see us. But we, you know, if you have any questions, please DM us. Um, we'd love to go over some topics, and we're going to have some more guests and more stuff in the future. So appreciate it. Have a good one, man. Hey, thank you, brother. Enjoy your time with the family. I know it's not ideal, but enjoy your time, my friend. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye, brother.